0: NRL Rewind Hosted by Matt Namofsky Hello NRL fans, welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast I'm your host Matt Namofsky Welcome back to the Sunday session Another solo pod looking back at all the games from round 6 I, Around that threw out some interesting challenges I only got a 4 in my tipping this week um, I've seen some 3's, seen some 7's So you know, it was a bit all over the place But some of the some of the teams... Stamped their authority. Some teams that we you know were really hoping would kick on. Either got the win or flamed out pretty badly. So we'll, we'll go through all the games now and just really break it down game by game. We'll be a quick one tonight. So, start off on the Thursday game. It was the Brisbane Broncos hosting the Panthers. Uh, and the, the Panthers got up 20-12 to 12 in the end. It wasn't a blowout like everyone thought. I thought this would be, you know, a dry track at Suncorp on a Thursday night. a Bit of a massacre, but... Brisbane really held strong. I think they're starting to really get um, a bit of standardness about their game. You know, the the same guys he hadn't picked. There's not too many ins and outs. Uh, by no means, I think anyone should look at this game and say, because they dropped Milford, they were competitive. I don't think that was the case. I thought Brody Croft and Tom Dearden, you know, if one of them really tried to grab the game with a scruff of the neck, uh, could have really willed their team on in the end. Um, but, you know... The the Panthers, they did what the good teams do They beat the bad teams, they didn't have their best game They were looking a little bit off For most of the game, they didn't really have a lot of authority About them The game was played through the middle really well uh, By both sides, I thought Brisbane really muscled up to the Panthers' pack Didn't really let them, you know, Kikau Didn't really get loose at all you know Fisher-Harris didn't really bust them through the middle Like that he has done to a couple of teams this season So, you know Panthers get the win by all means If you're a Brisbane fan, this is a your best performance of the year by far you know better than the the win that you got against the Bulldogs you know really held strong and I think this is the team moving forward you know Herbie Farnworth will come back into this side probably at the expense of uh, Corey Oates who didn't have a great game but didn't have a bad game uh, to me Asako you know our fullback has been a real revelation I thought he would have lost his spot to Tessinu really on early on in the season that has not happened uh, Jake Turpin looks every bit of an NRL hooker you know he's giving good service he's choosing his spots when to run Look, like I said at the start of the season, I thought Brisbane were, weren't going to get the spoon, but they weren't going to go, you know, really banging on the door of the top eight. They were going to just play their play their season out. They're going to have some incremental, um, you know, improvements compared to last year. But Kevin Walters is going to really pick the side, and obviously he's he's deemed that Anthony Milford is not the man, and you know he's off contract, so he's probably not going to get a, a new contract there. So he wants to see what he has. You know, the the old regime signed Brody Croft. Um, so he's going to now see if Brody Croft is a player that he can work with. He, you know, inherited Tom Dearden, who everyone thought was the future. And he's going to see if, if Tom Dearden is his future. So if you're a Brisbane fan, I think, you know, these are the top performances that you want to see. You want to beat the teams around you at the bottom of the table. But against the powerhouses, you don't want to get blown out. You know, looking back now, against the Melbourne Storm, against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they hung tough for the first 20 minutes and they got blown out. In this game, they really held tough. Um, You know, it was anyone's game, really, with 10 minutes left. You know, Panthers didn't kick on with it. Uh, But going to the Panthers' side, looks like Paul Momorowski might be suspended for a couple of games. So whether Dylan Edwards is ready to come back or what they're going to do there to see who fills that place. I'm really just wanting to see Panthers kind of get full strength here. They've only got two injuries, but they're two pretty key injuries. Coruscant coming in a hooker is a huge upgrade on Mitch Kenny. Mitch Kenny is, you know, a good level uh, mid-level replacement. But a guy like Appy Corasau just really does the work for you. So I think Appy coming in. Then Dylan Edwards. I think Stephen Crichton has done well at fullback. You know, he's had some sparks. They've moved Charlie Staines into the back a couple of times throughout games. But Dylan Edwards is a class fullback. So I think the Panthers, you know, they're off to their best starting club history. Six wins, zero losses. Something ridiculous like 20 straight regular season games they're now up to. They're, they're, they're piling it on. So, you know, in, in a... In a a game where they didn't play their best performance... To still come out and get the win... Away from home... It's all that you want... So... To me... It's it's about getting the wins... And for Brisbane... It's all about just maintaining... And keep going from where you're going... This was a good game... It was a real nice tussle... Um... You know... A lot of, lot of talk about... Uh... The tarant, talent discrepancy... We spoke about a little bit... A couple of pods ago... When we look at some of the games this week... A lot of them came down to the wire... There were a couple of blowouts... But... I think they were unexpected So, you know, a great game to start the round And again, both teams can take some stuff away from this game And be really happy with it Moving on to the next game It was the first Friday game It was the Newcastle Knights hosting the Cronulla Sharks Some real good storylines in this one Newcastle, a couple of really poor performances in a row Had to bounce back The Sharks obviously were the turmoil of the coach How would they perform And this was a a two and fro battle, you know Cronulla got behind multiple times in the game Was able to come back Late on in the game, you know, they, they look like they want to steal that game. And credit to the Knights and credit to Caelan Ponga. I think, you know, for all, all the accolades that he does get as the one of the premier plays in the game, you know, one of the stars we have to build this game around, an outstanding performance. The way he was carting the ball back uh, from the back was obviously a huge boost for them. But to me, it was all about ball in hand really, really nicely. And, you know... Mitch Barnett, you know, a guy who had a great start to the season, you know, kind of been pegged back a little bit the last couple of rounds, but you have a guy like Caleb Ponger giving you quality ball, you know, it just opens up this team, you know. Kurt Mann and Blake Green as a half combination, if you're really ranking up against other half combinations in the game, got to be bottom four, but, you know, you have a guy like Caleb in the back who could string it all together and that four-pack didn't have a great game, you know, Sharks aimed up pretty well. It was just a nice battle, you know, I think Newcastle, really felt the urgency of this game, that this is a game where if you lose to the Tigers, the Dragons, get smashed by Titans, and then lose to an underhand Sharks team early on the season, there can be death bells for your season, so I really did feel that Newcastle came out, and every time they had the lead, Sharks clawed back, Newcastle made sure they slammed the door, and that's all about Kalen Ponga, it's all about players, just op- opportunistic guys, you know, Tawala had a good game, um... Frizzell is still looking like one of the buyers of the season. And Connor Watson still bouncing around the middle of the field. So Newcastle were able to come here. They uh, did, they got through the game without injury, which is what you want. You know, Ponga, Best, Barnett. You want these guys to stay healthy. So they, that's what they did. But from Cronulla, you know, I did tip them. And to me, this was the, the game that, you know, it was going to be a really interesting thing to see. Are uh, they just going to tank it for Bomber? You know, they didn't obviously want... Uh, to lose John Morris, a lot of players came out in support there. It could have gone, you know, they're going to stand up for one big final act for John to say what he meant to him, or it could have gone the other way and just completely tanked it, you know, in disarray from the decision, but they really came up and aimed up here, you know, they've travelled up there, they're still, don't forget, they're still without a couple of key guys, you know, Sean Johnson is the team that makes, the guy that makes the team go, to probably their best outside back wasn't playing, uh, Ronaldo Molitano not there as well. They're, they're, they're missing some guys. Wade Graham, but they were able to come up there and have a great performance. So if you're again, the first two games of the round, it's as cliche as it sounds, both teams were able to take wins. Uh, Newcastle obviously got the two points that they desperately needed, but the Sharks, you know, without Sean Johnson, without all these guys, they're still stringing together some victories. And when they can get uh, full strength, you know, in a couple of rounds here, hopefully, they can make a real late season charge. So I'm really interested to see what the Sharks do. Uh, and how they finish the season because, you know, it, they could, like like I said, they could go one two ways. They can really go downhill from here and, you know, the the lack of confidence was this a the game they needed to win to kind of rally the guys together. Um, but to me, both teams got something out of it. Newcastle were the, were the more desperate side in my view. They really needed that game. I think Adam O'Brien stressed that to them. I think Caelan Ponga's injection really helped them. And that they, they were able to get the two points there. So great great performance by both teams overall. And two games into the round, we're looking at two competitive games, uh edgy seat stuff. The next game, uh, the last game on the Friday night, the Melbourne Storm hosting the Sydney Roosters, was a real glaring game. I think this this is the one where you just take the most things out of this out of the round, you take the most things out here. Melbourne, you know, it, it was a close game at half time. Melbourne kicked on with it, but this is a game where you just see how much talent the Roosters have lost. Just in just in terms of uh Jake Frenboyd Corner. And Luke Keery, three absolute guns club legends. To me, this is the game where you really see it, you know. Ben Marsh, he pl- played well, but, you know, there was a couple of times where he, Drew Hutchison or Sam Walker, you know, James Dursk was screaming for the ball at second receiver, didn't get it. These are the type of games, you know, Taki Aho went off with a rib injury. Hargreaves went out with a shoulder complaint. It was just piling on, you know, and Brett Morris pulled out in the warm-up. It was one of those games where you wanted to see this depleted rooster side That has hung tough the last couple of weeks How they will go against one of the top sides in the comp And, you know, that second half wasn't close I think Melbourne's class really showed Their depth really showed You know, Pappenhausen out early with the HIA Looked like he might be out for the game Nico Hines came in, played okay But as soon as Pappenhausen came back on The the game changed Harry Grant came on the field Man of the match, in my opinion Really dictated stuff out of dummy half Him and Brandon Smith were awesome together Really loved that combination moving forward with uh, Brandon being the thirteen, but also can slip in a nine at different stages, but it's just a talent talent discrepancy now. You know the Roosters have always been one of those sides that have real quality and real depth about them. They're getting challenged now. And, you know it's you know they've got good depth in the forwards and in the backs, but when you look at the halves and the hookers, you know when you're down to your fourth string hooker, when you're down to your third, you know your third and potentially fourth string halfbacks, you know it's crazy. So. To even be competitive for Melbourne for half a game, you know, you take something out of it. But I talked about it with Johnny uh, on our Supercoach pod that will be dropping after this one. To me, it's all about James Tedesco. You know, he's going to try and do so much for this team, but how much can he do? He'll be playing Origin, you know, that that workload. You know, I think the Roosters will be really careful how they manage his workload here because they can't afford a Tedesco injury. So it's going to be very interesting to see you know, against these big quality sides, I don't think they're they're gonna be able to you know, they're so well coached, they're gonna be in those games, don't get me wrong, there's still talent, you know. When B comes back in, you know, hopefully mid season Boyd Corner will come back, you know, Lock and Lamb looks like he's a couple of weeks away. Zu so Sam Beryl's about a month away. They're gonna get some talent back towards the end of the season to make a make a push, you know, if they can squeeze into the eight, you know, maybe top six, they're still gonna be a threat. But, you know, against the good sides here, it looks like there's definitely going to be a bit of a talent discrepancy and in their performances, you know they're going to take some L's that they don't normally take, so it's going to be interesting to see from a Rooster side, but from a Melbourne side, they keep trucking along. You know that early potential injury to Pappenhausen. There's just quality all around that park, and you know to me it makes sense that Harry Grant starts next game, and Brandon Smith starts at thirteen, or when Vanucan comes back, Vanuken goes into thirteen, and then he can play Brandon off the bench. <laughs> There's so many different combinations they can play. Really like what they can do. Uh, all around the park, you know, Jerome Hughes was the dominant half this game versus Cameron Star. They take turns. It's really nice to see, and, you know, really nice outside outside back quality play, you know, very, very sound in defense, covers well, and in a, in attack, you know, they card it out, the, out of their own end very easy. Two backs normally take the first two hit ups and then they get the second rollers in there. They keep their forwards fresh. I just love what they do. So it's no surprise that the two form sides. Of the competition are the two guys that finished in the grand final last year, the Panthers and the Storm. There's no, it's not surprising at all in my view. So they keep going, but to me, this game's more about the Roosters are going to come up really close here and we're going to examine them in the next couple of weeks. You know, they've got a favorable run coming up, but a huge clash with the Dragons on Anzac Day. This will tell us a lot because that Dragon side is starting to find a bit of form. Uh, obviously, it did take the old that we'll talk about a bit later, but they're starting to find some form here. So the Roosters really need to. See what they got. You know, they may need to make some slight changes. You know, like some injuries might force their hand there, but we I mean, need to see what they have moving forward. The first game on Saturday is the fourth game of the round. The Manly Seagulls went up to Mudgee to host the Gold Coast Titans. And this was a shellacking. 36-0, Manly got up. It was the Tom Turbo show, you know. Very easy to say. Titans had 17 errors, so, you know, you can easily say the Titans threw the game away as much as Manly won it. But you can't tell me Manly didn't look different in an attack with Tom Turbo running out the back. You know, I thought Kieran Foran had his best game of the season. Really went well at dictating where things were. No no surprise, Ruben Garrick looked much more comfortable on that edge getting some nice quality ball from Turbo. It, it just There's a different aura about the way Manly plays with Turbo in their side to me. I've really noticed it close with Pappenhouse and Tesco the last couple of seasons where... That fullback just really looms up on the inside Around that dummy half The first couple of might take a nice run Still 10-15 still metres He just looks so polished And that was his first game back You don't forget You know, he's been training Limited training due to the hamstring injury Really obviously ramped up this week to play But if we can get some healthy Tom Travoyevich Staying healthy This Manly side, you know I did tip him for 8th I thought, you know There's always some, some glaring holes in their side But when you have a out now out game winner, Premiership winner in Tom Trebovich. I can really get you to that promised land um, when he's healthy. You know, it's it's one of those things, and you know all those tries. They scored thirty six points. Dally Chair Evans had a quiet game, not one assist. Just did his job out on that edge. But it, to me, Kieran and Four and Josh Schuster played amazing. You know, and Ruben Garrick, Tom Trebovich. They had to just have quality in that side. Lachlan Croker played really well out of dummy half, they're starting to gel, and it's no surprise to me that they're, just, they're starting to do that when their best player isn't back in the lineup. Uh, it's that Tom Turbo effect, and I think it can't be understated. They'll be the guys that say, you know, tied in 17 errors, and, you know, he only played, you know, 65, 70 minutes, but to me, this was the Turbo show, and it shows you against the side that we'll talk about in a second, you know, if they're, the real, if they're a real top 8 contender, or they're a bit of a pretender... You know, you put that you put that team to the sword when you're up, and Manly jumped them from the start and never let the god back in. Scrambling defense at the end to keep them scoreless. I love what I saw from Manly. It's a classic Des Hasler coach side, and to me, it just shows the the value of a great player like Tom Trevor, which what he can do uh, when he is in the side. There. But looking at the other side of the field, the Gold Coast Titans. What it's so hard to get a read on this team. You know, they lose round one to the Warriors. They lose that game to the Canberra's where they weren't really in it. They kind of got manhandled by the Raiders low-key, but the scoreline didn't really look like it. And this game, they get smashed, you know? Is this the classic, they'll beat up on the bad sides and, you know, against quality sides, they, they're going to be, you know, leaving us some, some that are lacking, you know? It's just, I praise that four pack and that four pack didn't really have a lot of punch uh, in this game, you know? The other four pack, you know, Aloy, Depauw, uh, simply, uh, you know, not, not homegrown, grown you know, not home name talents, but, you know, they, they muscled up and really beat up on this It's Titan side. And, you know, Fafita had a good game. You know, he tried to inject himself, good line break. But to me, Ash Taylor, you know, since he came back from his hand injury, hand injury, hasn't really played that great. Jamal Fogarty, I don't know if he's picked up a bit of a knock and he's playing a bit hurt. Brimson, obviously, not getting the space that he's normally getting. This was a this was a, a game where it really kind of shined a light on some potential limitations of this Titans team, and you know they got some real quality out in the outside backs, you know Thompson, Kelly, but to me, you know, you need to make sure you get that go forward and you, that quality dummy half play. And in this game, you know, if you said to me before the game, who would have had the better game, you know, lock on Croker or Kate Cust- NK Cust or Aaron Clark and Mitch Rain, you know, the way the Titans have been playing, you'd say the Titans, but to me. Mainly jumped them and controlled every facet of this game. You know there wasn't there wasn't a an angle in this game where the Titans played better. You know the outside backs didn't play better, the halves didn't play better, the dummy half didn't play better, the forwards. So to me, it's it's a real look in the mirror game for the Titans. They can't a team with this much quality can't be held scoreless, which is exactly what they did. So to me, they're going to have to take that L. They're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Justin Holbrook will have to draw it back up to say you know throw the game away Look, watch the tape throw it away and say let's start again because that was just a performance that they cannot be proud of and you know takeaways you know I'm really keen to see the next three weeks for the Titans I want to see they've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs next week I want to see them up against some good quality sides and how they how they handle it can they bounce back and steal a couple of victories or are we just going to talk about them as you know right around that 8 you know beating the lower teams getting handled by the top teams I want to see that. And for Manly, it's all about Turbo staying healthy. We just need to make sure we see see Tom Travoybich stay healthy and see what they can do. String together a couple more wins, you know, two straight wins now. Can they, you know, push towards the eight and maintain it? You know, it's what I want to see there. The second game on Saturday was the South Sydney Rabbitohs hosting the West Tigers in probably, to me, the most surprising game of the round. I thought the Rabbitohs would really take them to the sword here and put a number on the Tigers, but credit the Tigers... That's their best game of footy all season. Again, they beat the Knights up there, but that was, this was a real out-and-out out arm wrestle. And you know, the Rabbits backed. You know, Cody Walker was there, Latrell was there. This was near full strength for the Rabbits, and they couldn't put the Tigers away. It took a couple of pieces of Latrell and Adam Reynolds' magic, but the Tigers should have won this game. And obviously, the, everyone will talk about the ending. What a great ending it was. Um, Adam Reynolds two point field goal to tie the game. You know when this rule got coming brought in. You know everyone thought it'd be like the twenty forty from last year, but when you got some specialists, and there are some field goal specialists in this comp, they can really knock them over from forty. And he's doing it comfortably. The last two games, he's knocked them over from forty plus, and they've sailed over the in goal. So he could really hit them from fifty. You know if they were, it's it adds a new element, you know, where they were down, they didn't have to try and work for a try, they were able to just go bang, two points, let's start again, we're tied. And then the the finish, you know, the the Rabbits march up that set. Damian Cook looks like he's just gonna go one up to Tom Burgess to ice the game, but you know, a nice little line ball hits Burgess, makes the line break, and then by the slightest of margins gets gets Townwood pressure on that ball. Everyone piles on in the in-goal referee doesn't blow the try Luke Brooks picks up and runs 100 meters and puts it down try gets blown for the Tigers everyone what the hell's happening and then obviously we go back we check the ra- the the rabbits try attempt there and yeah Tom Burgess by his fingernail plans that ball down slams it down with bit downward pressure and that's the game but it shouldn't have been that close the rabbits really left me a lot to be desired their attack from what we thought it would be this season you know there's glimpses of it there's glimpses when they raid down the left side and You know, uh, Cody or uh, Adam Reynolds to Latrell straight out to Johnston. You know, it's right there, but there's there's enough where it's just not happening all the time. And if you're a Rabbitohs fan, you know, it's gonna be real interesting to see. I think Benji Marshall really needs to play more more game time here. I think there's got to be some moments here where right now I I don't know whether it's the contract uh, disputes about Adam Reynolds, but you know, Cody Walker doesn't look like he's firing and the biggest story out of this game really is Latrell Mitchell looks like he's going to miss three weeks of footy, which is absolutely huge for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And no Corey Allen are coming to come into the back. So I guess there's a couple of options. Do they put Alex Johnson straight to the back, and then you know Jackson Paulo comes in on an edge? That could potentially be an option. You know, do they have someone in reserve they want to try and bring up? Uh, like they did with Dargan uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be interesting. Um, I just I'm very keen to see how they bounce back here Because the the Rabbits have left a lot to be desired You know Against Manly when Manly were down They didn't put him to the sword The Tigers here didn't put him to the sword Even the game against the Broncos You know it took them a real long time to kick on with that uh, And that was a lot of Brisbane errors Let them do that So from the Rabbitohs You know they're getting their wins Like you know we always say Get your wins against the bad sides But I'd really love to see a different version of this And it looks like we're going to be at least a month away from doing that With Latrell not there So it's going to be very interesting to see moving forward with the Rabbitohs But from the Tigers' perspective again You know, McGuire is really getting them up for some of these games Some of the, the changes looked inspired Simpkin came in and played really well uh, In place of Jacob Little there Moses Mbai came off the bench Offered a bit of spark You know, he was looked like he was playing that 13 role Really roaming around the field well Adam Dewey just doing again a really really good job this season. He's just really proved me wrong. Dan Laurie, North Luma played his best game of the season. So look, th- there's different different ways you can look at this. You know, it's another loss and the Tigers. You know, really, so need to get some W's here to keep pace with the top eight. But it's another one of those games where you just look at it and go, both sides can take something out of this. The Tigers, I don't think, expected to win this game against the Rabbits, but they kept it really close. It went to the it was the first golden, pay, golden point game of the season. They kept it close and they did what they needed to do. They they were basically in that and had a chance to win. And they thought they won. So, a great performance by both teams. The Tigers, you know, they'll take a lot out of loss. And the Rabbitohs, they'll take that win. They'll move forward. And like I said, a very, very interesting game against the Old Coast Titans next week. We'll be very interested to see what happens there. The last game on Saturday was the Parramatta Eagles going down the Hume Highway to face the Canberra Raiders at GIO Stadium. Both teams had a very big out. Obviously, Charles Ningle Cockstad for the Raiders was out, and Dylan Brown for the Eels was out. But it was Parramatta, thirty-five to ten, getting getting the win here, and they just really, really bounced back from a poor performance against the Dragons. And they did exactly what I thought they needed to do. They muscled up through the middle. They earned the respect to go out wide, and when they went out wide, it was very successful. Their their edge play this year. You know, I'm I'm really hoping Ryan Madison can come back here. Take the, take the place of Sean Lane on that edge. Keep Papalito on one side. Ryan Madison on the other side. It would just be magic to me. They played really well. I think Nathan Brown had his best game of the season. Carter the ball forward really well, but especially in, uh, in attack. His little passing game out the back to really create some numbers I thought was really, really nice. The Raiders, you know, Ricky Stewart, I think, said it best. There were some players in, the, in that team that weren't ready for first grade on Saturday night, I thought... They really got muscled. This is a game that Paramount, you know, a Parramatta side without Dylan Brown shouldn't be scoring 35 points on, especially a top four side like the Raiders. Um, Josh Hodgson had a couple of flashes, you know, Rapana got over, White and set up that try, but there's just a lot of moments where a lot of these key Raiders stars are really not firing for a full 80 minutes, and I think Ricky Stewart's sensing it, you know. Whether Bailey Simonson, who obviously uh, had a HIA, but he hasn't looked like he's staying there. Jared Croker has not looked like... Looked really, for two and a half years now, has not looked like that player. You know, you look further down. Josh Hodgson, like I said, had that spark, but man, they played so differently with Tom Starling last year, and you just love to see Tom Starling there. Soliola's been a workhorse for them, but his best days. And Josh from Parley, you know, I'm I'm getting to that point now where I'd like to kind of see Josh have a rest. I'd like to see Papali uh, have a rest there and just, you know, get some fuel because he looked a little bit gassed and Papali ran over him for that first try. And that's something that Josh doesn't normally get done on when he's in the fence. So the Raiders just, again, I think that Chan's injury is going to look really, really big moving forward, you know. That's a guy who gave you 20 hit-ups a game, 200 metres a game, just an hour and out gun, you know. Would start your sets off well link up well in the back you know he wasn't a great ball player by any means but just offered you something he did scare you when he was near the line and they don't have that so they really need a player like Jack Wyden who was the Dalian player of the year last year to stand up and make a statement because this is a game you know the st- the scoreline's very deceiving this game was close halfway through the second half the Raiders had chances to come in and steal this game but Jack Wyden just didn't really put the foot down and go on with it and you know George Williams is on that side you can say George Williams can do the same but again, Jack Wyden was voted the best player in the league last year. Now whether that is the way the uh voted for versus actually him being the best player in the comp, he got that accolade and he's got to step up because that, that was a game that was begging for someone to from the Canberra side to really aim up and take it and it just didn't happen. So I think from a Raiders side, a couple of questions will be made and it will not surprise me if Sticky, you know make some wholesale changes. If he comes out with four or five changes next week, it will not surprise me to see a guy like Sebastian Chris or Matt Tomoka in that back line. It will not surprise me if we see Corey in Ira or Corey Horsberg next week. It will not surprise me one bit. So it's going to be very interesting to see from a Raiders side. That's probably my team to watch for the next seven days. I just want to see their TLT. I want to see how they end up next week with how they line up. Um, I, I don't think Ricky's going to keep it uh, 1-17. I, I can't see that happening. But again, from a Parasite, I was very down with them last week with that uh, loss to the Dragons, as they should have been. But you come out this week, Mitch Moses' kicking game, fantastic. From the start, that forced error. You know, he's bombing it from 50 out, dropping it on a dime within the 10 of the Raiders line. Again, Reid Marnie just absolutely killing it. Him out of dummy half is just really really a joy to watch and again I kind of want them to you know Dylan Brown will be back next week Will Smith will go back to the bench would love you know when a game gets to a point like this you know give him that 10 minute rest that 15 minute rest and just say Reed, your job is done because you've done amazing for us but I think we're going to look back and you know easily at the first the the five game round Isaiah Papaliti is the 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 clear buy of the season you know if you, when you lose a guy like Ryan Madison he's probably when you look at overall talent probably the third or fourth best player on that roster for him to go out and they have not missed a beat because they've had this guy come in and be an absolute warrior you know it's something that as as a para fan you know we you look at our offseason signings you know it looked like before the season a lot of depth signings which it was but we nailed this one and one more one more note I will say from the para side you know Clean, obviously, nothing you can say about Clint at this stage. He's just one of those guys. It throws a beautiful long ball. You know, always around it. That last uh, support play for Opaček to get that try. But to me, the one thing I really did like was the Raiders stripped us in the first half. Uh, down that near Corey and uh, Ferguson edge. Rapano went over. But again, they went three times back down that side later in the game. Two times forced him out over the sideline. Another time shut it down pretty early. Wonger Blake I don't think makes this side. I think uh, Nia Corey has just really sewn that side up. I think they really work well together. They got stripped early and they were able to say, "Okay, that's not happening again. And they made sure it didn't happen again. And that's just what you want to see. Because last year, teams continually went to their edges when they found a bit of a weakness, when they saw there was a bit of trepidation between the two guys. Um, but again, they didn't. Ha- it didn't happen this year. And that's what you want. As any fan of a club... When you see weaknesses from previous years or previous games where they tighten it up, and that's exactly what happened. So, as a Para fan, I'm stoked. Back in the winner's circle. We move on to next week. The second last game of the round, the first Sunday game, it was the uh, the St. George Illawarra Dragons hosting the New Zealand Warriors. And the Warriors got away with a 20-14. This was a back-and-forth game. I was at the pub watching it with Dave, uh, my Warriors mate. And, you know, there was times when it was just an arm wrestle and in previous seasons the Warriors lose those arm wrestles um, they had every right to lose that game you know you look at who's the important guys on this roster Ewan Aiken, Adam Vanilla Blake two of their biggest signings not there Harris Davida, their best young player not there they had you know Peter Hiku went out very early with a, a separated shoulder they had a lot of excuses to lose this game and they just hung tight and Roger Tulvar scheck great great game of footy you know, some other guys, I thought Wayne Egan played really well. Controlled the middle of the field very, very nicely. Their forwards, I think, did a collective job. You know, Noah Brown, Ofoa, Armao, I thought held the middle together. But to me, if you're looking from, a, you know, two standouts in this Warrior side, I think Adam Pompey coming into his own. You know, at full strength, he. I think he will make this side now. I think whether that's for David Fossett whether that's for, depending on how long Hiku is out for, to me, Pompey needs to be in there just... Breaks tackles. Looks lively on an edge. Comes in and gets a lot of work done. But the player of this game was Tohu Harris. Played outstandingly well. You know, at the start of the game, bit of decoy, bit of, you know, first receiver getting the ball out of the back. When he needed to, they took the run. Obviously crashed over that nice crash play uh, to open the scoring. But even in the second, game, second half of the game, you know, went out with that HIA knock. Came back in for the last, you know, I think it was 11 minutes. And just, you know of the ball forward Did what needed to get done And that's what a player like Tohu Harris does He's just One of those professional footballers That you want in your side And the Warriors Played great You know O'Sullivan Who was their dominant playmaker Over the last couple of weeks Took a bit of a backseat To Cody Nicarima this week And Cody was great Set up a couple of tries And it just looks like Nathan Brown has them Going in the right direction The games that they Normally lose they, they, They're they winning And they've they got a couple of Scouts here now Early on in the season It's really nice to see So to me, I think this is our now a great game for the Warriors to win. They're going to be able to build off games like this. You know, they've beaten the Titans, they've beaten the Dragons. They're going to keep going, and even Roger tuivasa last season, he's just showing you what an MVP it looks. If we were able, if the Dalian was who was the MVP of a team, look, he would have been there for most most seasons. He'd be up right up there. But to me, this season, he's holding this team together because it's amazing to see what he's doing. And you know, they're going to have Walsh come in. Uh, from the the Broncos immediately. And the fact that he gets to sit there for more than half a season and learn. Like two of a guy like a Shek. I think you're going to see some real, real bright spots next season from Walsh. And it's going to be in no part because he's learning under one of the best fullbacks in the gomp. From the Dragon side, look, you know, again, no Ben Hunt. It's, it's going to be tough when he's one of your best players and he's not there. Um, but again, um They should have won that game, you know. When you look at all the injuries that the the Warriors have, they've been playing some great footy, you know. They've got some real good wins recently. Should have got this game, you know. It was at home. They're going to have to go back to the drawing board here soon and say, you know, what worked, what didn't work. Um, But to me, it's just going to be... It looked like Corey Norman picked up a slight shoulder knock. Hopefully that's not too serious. Jack Birds played great. Matt Dufty, you know, throws a love. Probably one of the best balls a fullback can throw in the game. But their four pack, you know, it leaves a little bit to be desired. You know, Andrew McCulloch, I thought, would put his stamp on this game a little bit more. Didn't really happen. So, I guess, from the Dragon side, you know, it was was a narrow loss. Similar to me to how the uh, the Ravens played this week. By no means their best game of the footy. The Ravens were able to sneak away with it. The Dragons were not. So the Dragons need to go back to the drawing board here. Um... What changes do they make? Look, you know, there's a couple of options that they got. They can do a guy like oh, Jordan Pereira can come in for Cody Ramsey if you think Cody Ramsey isn't really lighting up the world. You look at that forward pack, there's not really main changes they can do. Blake Laurie was a late exclusion from this game, so he can come back in and shore up the, that side a little bit more. they got Josh Kerr on an edge right now. Is he the answer there? Maybe not. Do they Do they have another guy they can throw in there? I think you're just going to see... Uh, Hook not be too down on this game. Like I said, they were that they easily could have won this game, they didn't. Um, So they've got to, you know, go back and really look and see what happened. How can they go back and win this game? So, you know, from the Warriors fan, you're ecstatic you got the victory. I thought there were some really nice moments from players that, you know, you really needed to stand up. Um, And from a dragon side, just kind of go back to the drawing board, you lost, but see what you can do. the... Change that for next week And again It's a huge game The Anzac Day clash Against The Sydney Roosters It's a real statement game For both sides In my opinion It's probably the game I'm looking forward to The most next week Obviously The stakes are always there For Anzac Day But Two teams that are Coming off losses One team could You could say It's going in one direction one team going in the other So it's going to be Really interesting to see Who fires up And who aims up In that game Last game of the round It was the North Queensland Cowboys Hosting the Kennery Bankstown Bulldogs in a bottom of the table clash. And the Cowboys got away with it. 30 to 18. Um you know, got really close in the end of that they really didn't need to get that close. Uh, but I thought the Cowboys pretty well managed this game. I thought their forward pack, they're starting like they're starting to really get a clear picture of who are some guys moving forward that they want to play. I thought Ben Condon was great for them. You know, he upped his minutes again, played 71 minutes, so I think Todd Payne's really found a guy who can play on the edge. I thought Shane Wright and Mitch Dunn were enormous for them. You know, guys that get through their work. Burr came in, I thought, played really well. And again, Cohen Hess, you know, go in their middle and run the ball. You know, didn't have a great game, but much more impact than what Cohen Hess has had all season. The dummy half play, I thought, to me, was outstanding today. I thought Reese Robson and Jake Granville really split, you know. uh, Reese Robson played 50, Jake Granville played 30. I think that's the winning formula. And again, I haven't been the biggest advocate for having Jake Granville in your side in 2020. But he's offering, you know, this team needs a bit of leadership right now and a bit of experience. And that's what a guy like Jake Granville gives you. So really like seeing him um, do a good job today. And Reese Robson, I thought, also played well. But to me, Val Holmes, a fullback, is really finding himself there. Um, Played very, very, very well. And to me, that's exactly what you want. You didn't want to pay Val Holmes to seal the wing. He's too impactful to do that. I think he just needs to uh, play at fullback, let him let him play there. And he's two halves, you know. For all I've said about Scott Drinkwater and Ben Hampton, just doing the job. Ben Hampton is passing the ball, kicking it when he needs to, making his tackles. Scott Drinkwater being a bit more of the flamboyant half, you know, running the side a little bit more. I'm loving it. And, you know, their outside backs, you know, Lamelu, Tualungi, you know, this is all like I said, this is all about what can they find for the rest of the rest of the season, moving into the next season. They're finding some they're finding some players. You know. To me, Corey Jensen's another guy, and he's up his minute rate. There's just there's some positives to come out of here. And again, they let this game you know, they were they leading this game very, very nicely, and they let the Bulldogs back into it with a couple of late tries, but the back-to-back wins now. They were able to beat the Tigers and the Bulldogs. And they're the teams right around them at the bottom of the table. They're able to take the wins from them. And that's exactly what we need to do from, from bottom side. So Todd Payton has to be at, at ecstatic with how the last two weeks has well Because they've got two wins. They're moving away from the spoon. But the Bulldogs. Oh, this was the game they needed. If you're a Doggies fan, this is the game when... If they do go on to, to get the wooden spoon, which right now... You know, we know the late season Bulldogs push, but oh, it looks like they're going to get it. They just got Their attack looks flat. And that's the, I think the worst thing you can say about our team, you know, I think um, Greg Alexander made a pretty good note of it in commentary. You know, when they do their sweeping place, everyone just moves to the sideline. There's no one really punching the holes, moving forward and creating the space for the outside backs. It's just their forward pack is average. You know, there's some, there's some nice individual pieces. Like, you know, I love Luke Thompson. You know, I'm very, very high on Luke Thompson. Uh, Topene looks like a player, um, but there's just, there's not enough there for me to love it. You know, the dummy half play, it's below average. Um, the outside backs, there's some, again, some nice pieces. Cotri, Kapawadi, Corey Allen. Uh, Dallin martin sillazniak was their best player today. Ran the ball well, 236 metres. He really made an impact and tried to get the game going. But, yeah, I can't pin it on Jake Averillo and Kyle Flanagan. I just can't do it. But something needs to change. And, again, he's already made a lot of changes to this side trip, Barrett. But you can't go up to Townsville. I guess a team that leaks points like the Cowboys do and only get 18. And that, you know, that those... Jack Hetherington, obviously, not a huge fan at all. You know, Coat Hanger got sent off, put his team all the way down when well, they didn't need to get down you know he needed to be on the field it needed to be 13 guys that last try to Mitch Dunn just walked across the field and those guys were out on their feet so <laughs> to me there's not much to say from a Bulldog side this Bulldog side is going to be what they are they're a team that struggles to score points and they're a team that's prone to a leak there's guys in this uh, side that are very wobbly defensively I don't think you know, I was talking about at the start of the season. This is a, a prelude to next season. This se- season doesn't count. Their eyes to next season, but this season did matter in terms of you need to put the right foot forward. And there's some players right now that I, I don't know how they make us how they make us a, a first grade side moving forward. You know, obviously some injuries. There's some guys that, that potentially will come back mid season. You know, Marshall King, Ockhambor, Josh Jackson. There's some there's some quality to put back into this side, but yeah. You look at a uh, not resigning Kieran Foran looks like a huge L. The way he's playing with Manly, he's still got football in him, and the fact that they let him go, things like that. You know, do you lock Kieran Foran up for of big money long term? No, you don't. But you don't just let him walk out the door. Uh, and you sign Corey Allen, who you know gave a nice twelve game sample size last year and a great Rabbit Side that were firing. There's just going to be some questions. And I think, like I said, there's some quality pieces on this dog side. Out of all the sides at the bottom of the table, this is. you have to look at the roster and go, who do I want moving forward? This is probably the one because, just in terms of the overall talent in this side, it's a big money club. They can attract good players. But to me, I, I don't know. It's just. It's so hard to get a read on this side. And if you're a Cowboys fan, to me, this is. You're ecstatic. You've got two wins. You're finding your pieces. The other side, the Bulldogs, you're kicking, you're, you're kicking chairs, you're flipping tables because this is what the, the what the Cowboys is doing the last two weeks is what you should be doing, unearthing good talent and stealing victories, but just not happening. So it's going to be very interesting to see moving forward. They're now 0-6 for the first time in years. I think I've, I've seen it something like 60 years since they've been that far. So it's going to be very interesting to see moving forward now how they can really regroup. And again, my overall vision of this round and what I took my takeaways is like I said there were some teams that really got some strong performances that they needed that needed to be strong performances and there were other ones that just really either going in the wrong direction or just really tanked and really just didn't get out of bed and put in a performance that I can be proud of so I think TLT you know I've said it each week you know throws out some spiciness but this one coming up I can see some real real changes I could see you know it, between some force changes, uh, obviously some suspensions coming, but you've got teams like the Roosters, the Titans, even the Rabidos for me, the Raiders, the Dogs. There's some sides that are going to throw some real interesting selection choices coming up soon. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But that's it for the Round 6 uh, session, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll get some of the guys back on the pod this week. And like I said, me and Johnny did tape a very good uh, super Coach pod uh, over an hour just talking about some you know 10 to 15 guys, their form, you know, where we see them finishing throughout the season. and we also had a bit of a cheeky look at our draft um, league draft recap to see where we went well, where we went bad, some steals. so it's it's all coming up this week. gonna try and do want to try and do at least three a week. Um, you know, obviously gonna give you the two give you the Sunday session and the TLT recap. But if I can squeeze in another one, I'm going to do it because, you know, like I said, I'm just a guy who loves talking footy and the more content I get out is more just, you know, it's me, all these thoughts will be in my head anyway. So getting it out onto the mic into you guys and, you know, whether you're out on a run, whether you're in the car, whatever, whatever you're doing, how you're listening, you guys have been great. Again, I went into this thinking, you know, if five guys listen to this, I'll be happy. But, you know, we're steaming towards 2,500 downloads and, you know, I've I've got some ideas, you know. YouTube is interesting to me. I want to try and maybe do some tier rankings, some things like that on YouTube, I'm trying to work that out at the moment. So whatever you guys think, if you guys have any suggestions, you know, at the socials, at the NRL Rewind on Facebook and Instagram, would love to hear from you guys, um, how your draft league is going, how your classic's going, or just what you think generally about the NRL and how your team's performing, you know, I've got obviously quite a few of the teams through my friends, but there's a couple of teams I don't have. So would love to hear from you guys. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.